It's the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week podcast, where we spend time chatting with expert gardening guests to ask for their favorite tip. I'm Christy Wilhelmy. Thanks for joining me. My guest today in this uh, loud setting is <laughs> Diana Rogers, who is manager of the Mar Vista Farmer's Market here in Los Angeles, which I personally think is the best farmer's market. Uh, she also managed the Santa Monica Main Street Farmer's Market, which became wildly popular under her care. Diana lives in Pengrove, California, where she and her partner, Tom, run Crane Creek Growers, a cut flower farm near Petaluma. She commutes down to Los Angeles every Sunday for the market, and she is familiar with both sides, the consumer and the farmer sides, of this whole farmer's market process. Uh, also, you should know she's created a 20-minute documentary short called Water Woes about the drought and water issues in California. Welcome to the podcast, Diana. Thank you, Christy. I feel like there's so much that we could talk about, from growing flowers to farmer's market etiquette to the drought and California's water woes. Let's start with the flower farm. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that operation? Yes. Well, we have a seven-acre, just under seven-acre flower farm up in Pengrove, which is basically unincorporated Petaluma. And, and we have... And it's beautiful. I've been there. Yeah, you, you look have out every... your window and see flowers everywhere. Yeah. And, of course, everyone imagines flower farming as this gorgeous landscape of everything in bloom, but in fact, there are all these tricks of the trade that sort of mean that a lot of the flowers are picked before they actually open so that they can get to market and open for the customers. So that's... Um, something that I struggle with. I'm always looking for good landscaping flowers so that it kind of creates the full image of what I had when I started with this. But truth be told, it's a working farm. Right, so you're picking the flowers ahead of the bloom and taking them to the market. And, and this is the Petaluma Farmer's Market or other uh, we did, No, we did Petaluma for a while, but it was too small. We really couldn't oh. make it work financially. So we do four markets in the summer, one in, uh, well, two in Marin, one in uh, Larkspur, one at the Civic Center in San Rafael, one in San Francisco on Clement Street, and one in Oakland at the Grand Lake. Oh, the Grand Lakes Market. So people can find Crane Creek Farm yeah. flowers there. The That's truth is, is that the larger city markets are more worth it for farmers Got it. as much as we were attached to the idea of doing our most local yes. market it didn't yield what we needed to make it work i hear you so what what are some of your well what are the popular flowers for the market and what are some of your favorite flowers to grow well, sunflowers, which we have fields of right now, are so popular. People just love them. They're happy flowers. So we do a lot of sunflowers, mm -hmm. May through November. Do you have a favorite type that... Or do you just do kind of seed mixes? We Well, Tom, I have to say, Tom is the true farmer, and okay. I'm sort of, he calls me the general, so I come out <laughs> and sort of say what I think is missing, and I do a lot of the administrative, but he's the true farmer. Okay. And he, in fact, was farming in Encinitas for 30 years before we went up here, and we met here in the L.A. markets. He had a... Um, flower farm called Seaside Flowers, where he grew 40 acres in Encinitas. Wow, so seven must be such a small well, thing it, for him. And it's been an interesting problem because he's used to dealing in large amounts and high volume, so it took a really long time to kind of figure out how to dial in doing it on a smaller scale, which to me still feels enormous because it's so much work. But um, yeah, so pricing things for 
you know, direct marketing as opposed to wholesale, which is what he used to do. He did some direct marketing, but mainly wholesale and growing the right crops for the Northern California landscape rather than Southern, which is where he totally was. Totally different. Yeah. Um, he did do his first, uh, out of out of ag school, he did his first um, flower farming job up in uh, Ukiah. Oh, okay. So he was used to the very north kind of foggy climates for lilies. He worked for a Dutch company who were bringing lilies to California. Right. And that was really the first li- lilies that came on to the to the flower market. And uh, that was 30-something years 35 years ago, years ago or Got so. It. Yeah. So, and then what are your favorite flowers? Well, peonies, and uh, we do grow them. Really? You can grow we peonies do. up there? Yeah, we, there's oh. certain varieties that, we, that grow where we are. We get enough cold hours for them. It's been a lot of experimentation. I'm but so But they jealous. only bloom like three weeks I a know. year. I know. They're like, they're like <laughs> delicate puppies, you know? You just have, they, they're, they're so special. And Like apricots, I guess, is the farmer's market equivalent. They're only here for like two yeah, or three weeks. Yeah, so you just have it. to enjoy them while they last. Right. People go nuts for them and yeah um, but it's my favorite and we're adding a lot more now uh, we're going to change where we have them on the phone we're going to dig up the tubers and separate them this year and change their location okay um, dahlias are another favorite of mine we have grown a few but we actually defer to this amazing dahlia farm in Petaluma called Aztec Dahlias oh. and they have just the most incredible blooms and there was a uh, it was recently sold somebody but the I forget his last name but his name was Jamie who started it and he just came up with all these incredible varieties. So they're in the Mark Farmers markets with us now and okay. I have to say I'm always happy to go down and see what they have and to drive by their farm. See their dahlias. Um, as far as we're concerned we do a we do a lot of lilies, um, Asiatic and Oriental lilies. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of a constant and those come from Tom's um, career as a cut flower grower for the wholesale market so he really knows how to keep them all coming got it um so let me ask you this because i've seen the farm how do you combat pests on the farm mainly sulfur and wood vinegar oh you're using wood vinegar yeah so that's a that's a thing i have a jar of a bottle of it on my shelf and I, I talked to the person who gave it to me, Michael Whitman of Blue Sky Biochar. He's a huge wood vinegar fan. So how does that work to keep pests away? Well, I'm not exactly positive. This is something we have to get from Tom, but he uses it when he needs to. A lot of times we don't really need it that often, but when our neighboring vineyard sprays, they come over. I see. Right, they relocate. Yeah, the so that's when we do it because those are in the, we're in the greenhouse for a lot of things. The sunflowers we don't have a lot of problem with. We have a lot of ladybugs who come around, and we've released some, but mainly we're pretty lucky they're there. Yeah. Um, so so there's that. No, that's great. No, I think I think uh, it's something... Wood vinegar is something I, I've been meaning to try, but I just... I keep experimenting with one thing at a time per season, and I haven't gotten to wood vinegar yet. So, But the jar is on my shelf. I'm going to try it. Well, maybe. and I'd cer- certainly recommend you talking to Tom about it because he really likes it. All right. And I'll we actually, you say biochar, we actually learned about it from a guy, Michael Collins, who was making biochar and selling it to us along with the wood vinegar. Okay. So. Yeah, because it's made, it's a, wood vinegar is a byproduct of the biochar yeah. industry, the process. Oh, fascinating. Awesome. So, and, and there's, are you soil drenching with it or spraying the flowers? Spraying the spraying flowers. Spraying the flowers. Okay. Because uh, I know you can, you can also inoculate the soil with it, and that helps reduce some of the 
some of the problems that are soil-borne issues. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was an unexpected <laughs> thing. So let's jump really quickly to Water Woes. Tell me oh, a little yeah. bit about your documentary. Okay, so it's a few years ago now, back before the media was really covering the drought and back before we had the big year of rain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was here at the market and talking, we, Marvista did this wonderful event called Waterwise, and, uh, so the market's part in it is to host it, but I was also talking to a lot of our farmers about what they were going through, and some were really mentioning water problems, and others weren't so much mentioning it, and then it, it made, educated me to the fact that, you know, this is really regional, depending on where they are, and, how far down the pipe they have to get their water. Yeah, and some people have wells, and some people are on the Colorado River water, and some people are on the the tunnels and the bay and the, uh, the ditch water that comes through the delta or the or coming out of the Sierras down through the ditches. So that was I I needed to educate myself. So I set I went with a small crew and interviewed farmers that I know in Southern and Northern California, and it was just an amazing process. So that film, uh, we visit several of our farmers from Mar Vista, but also several farmers that I know from the markets up in Northern California. Uh And um, it's still available on the Mar Vista Farmers Market website. It was a Mar Vista Farmers Market project. Got it. And it's about 20 minutes long. It's about 20 minutes long. There's a password for Vimeo on there. And it sort of takes you to before the big rain and what people were going to do. And the thing to remember is we still do have a serious drought here, right. and there are lots of issues that need to be solved. And I think people forget that as long as you know, they think as long as water is coming out of their tap, tap, that all is well. But wow, do we have a lot to contend with as a state now? It's true. You're absolutely right. There, I mean, the aquifers, some of them are depleted to the point that they're collapsing. And so there's no place to hold the water. Yeah, that thing with Orville last oh, year was yeah. just terrifying. And it's funny because in the film, we got Orville on film before that happened, before there was overflow. We uh-huh. got it when it was 200 feet down. Yeah. And when we were filming it, we were so worried as to how it would ever fill up again. So that was heartening that all that rain coming down did fill it up. But then we couldn't even save it because the aquifers are old and in ill repair and right. you know there's a lot of infrastructure that's going to have to go on yeah. to preserve that and then also reroute water so that it works in northern and southern california of course there's can't a battle. see eye to eye yeah, on that yeah and so you have this unique position of being both northern and southern or at least central northern ish and southern and, and, you know, the big battle over whether to build the tunnels or not, you know, the new tunnels or whatever it is. And it's, you, the documentary, I'll just say, the documentary sort of f- fleshes the, the disparity out at least that much, right? A little bit, yeah. I mean, it kind of leaves it to people to figure for themselves. Yeah. Because it is one of those situations where when you talk to everybody, you see all sides. Right. And that's you know? important. Yeah. Getting all sides. All right, so let's talk farmer's market etiquette. We're sort of jumping around here, but you know so much, and I want to get as much as I can from you. Uh, So what should people know before they show up to the market in their neighborhoods? Well, they should know that there's a lot to choose from, so come on over and make sure you check everybody out before you buy so you get a big sense. I'm going to go with the positive stuff first. Good, all right. Yeah, Um, it's it's 
true. When I walk in, I walk in at one end of the market, I walk all the way to the other end of the market, and I only buy on my way back to my car. So that's my, my philosophy. I just want to make sure I see what everyone has first. Yeah, and that's savvy, too, because sometimes we have new people coming in, and, you know, there's different, a lot of the farmers offer similar or the same, so yeah. then you can decide what, which is best for you. Yes. Um, Organic, you know, people, I think a lot of people still assume that a certified market means everybody's organic, and they're not. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking for organic, the safest way to go is certified organic. That's a sign, that's a third-party certification. So the, the farmer that has true certified organic produce will have a sign and a second um, third-party certification in their packet of papers that they post in the booth, and right. that's something a word to the wise if you ever want to know anything about a farmer and their certification they are all required to post a little packet in their tent that is available to consumers to look at yeah if they want to and it shows where the where the farm is what is grown at the farm and there's a state inspection system that makes sure that everything that's brought to market is also listed so the agricultural commissioner in the county where the produce is grown goes out checks out the farm, makes sure that everything's listed so that the Los Angeles, in our case, uh, commissioner and his inspectors can come out and uh, check at the market to see that everything on the table matches what's on the certificate, which means that there's no funny business. Well, there has been funny business in the past, and this is our way of trying to right. make sure that people aren't adding things along the way right. and that sort of thing. Because there's been scandal where farmers are, not even farmers, people are going down to the, the semi-trucks in downtown L.A. and buying produce and bringing it to the farmer's market as if it's their own that they're selling from the farm. Yeah, and that's really the difference between a good market and a bad, which isn't to say a good market doesn't sometimes have, you know, a the real case of it is as often if a farmer's sending an employee and then the employee somehow thinks that they can make a little extra money on the side, they might try to sneak something on the table. Oh. So that's really about knowing your community. So I have a good relationship with my farmers, so I can just get on the phone or the text and ask a question right. when I see something. And you go to their farms sometimes, don't yeah. you? Yeah. I try to go and check everything out, especially when they first come in, and then usually every couple of years I'll go see a farm that's been in the market for a long time. That's a really good farmer's market manager. Well, <laughs> it's so it's it makes the job so much more interesting, too, to really go see what they're doing and to see how much work and effort and know how it takes to actually get this much produce here. I think people have no, no idea. idea. And your listeners who are gardeners have an idea yes. because to get this much stuff on the table, you have to really have a serious operation and yeah. know what you're doing. And yeah, technically they're still small farms, but they're large enough to really supply this city demand that we have here. Yeah. So uh, a little bit more on... Uh, on farmers market etiquette oh, yeah. for the consumer side okay. what should they be doing in order to treat their farmer well well one thing is don't put the farmer in the position of having to deal with a dog in the market <sighs> yes it's not that we don't love dogs we love dogs but this is just like a supermarket or a restaurant the health department doesn't allow dogs here so a lot of people bring their dogs anyway Mm -hmm. And it's just you're putting the market in jeopardy when you do that. This market has a free dog sitting service where you can take your dog over and 
check them in with a loving professional to take care of them while you shop. So we encourage that, and we hate having to ask you to leave with your dog, but it really is a law that we have to abide by. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's the a service dog issue. So people say they have an emotional support dog. Well, it's not. It does, emotional support dogs aren't allowed. It's only dogs service that are dogs. real service dogs. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay. So that's one thing. Another thing is if we're getting down and dirty, don't ride your bike in the market. Walk get, through the market. Yeah, because right, it's too much with all the people here. It's not safe. Another wonderful thing about this market is the community council tent. Behind it has a bike valet where you can park your bike for free and even get it tuned up while you're here. See, this is the best market. <laughs> this is the best farmer's market. Well, and a good farmer's market really caters to their community, and that's what we're trying to do. We partner with our community yeah. to serve the community and to bring the community what it needs rather than to try to do something cookie-cutter that that doesn't really work here. And yeah our community is engaged and it's so much fun it makes it such a great time too because we know what's going on with everybody and we're bringing the information out through the neighbors you know? yes now i know uh i've been to a lot of farmers market in farmers markets in italy and they don't let you touch the produce oh i know isn't that funny it's a funny you just point <laughs> to what you want and then they will pick it out for you and here you get a serious no you get a serious no and it's a huge faux pas to do that but here that's not the issue farmers are okay with you handling produce right yeah, yeah most of them really all of them are they're okay with it they want you to pick it out put it in the bag but it is that is kind of just an important message you know be culturally aware you know wherever you are kind of observe what the custom is yeah and use it and i think i guess we have probably have our own ear in the market too okay but that's not a no-no that's yeah. okay Fondle the produce. Oh, the avocado lady doesn't want you to punch your avocados, though. Right. Those, just pick them up, put yeah. them in the bag. And maybe ask them what to pick out some for you that are at the ripeness that and, you want. And she does. I've seen yeah. her, you know. Well, this one down here, Ace Ranch, is amazing because she bags them so that you have a few for each day of the week. She does. In various ripeness. Yeah, yeah. and they take back their mesh bags, which I thought was great. I, I bought that. a ton of those this morning and dropped them off. So a lot of the farmers will take back, like the egg people will take back egg cartons, uh, the, you know, the produce bags and that kind of thing. And everybody welcomes you bringing your own produce bag, and they usually take, you know, five or ten cents off for your own bag if they're weighing. Yeah, and this market also has, we don't, we have a no plastic t-shirt bag policy, so we don't allow farmers to give those out. They're still allowed to do the rolling the single bags, bag. which yeah. I don't love, but... We haven't gotten there yet. But we do have a share a bag bin at our Marvista Community Council tent where people can drop off their extra bags. And that way someone who forgot their bag or is out can come get one. And it's a nice community effort that kind yeah. of cuts down on the plastic bags and or at least forces reuse of them. Right. And I've had, I, you know, I, every event I go to, I get a new grocery bag and they'll, they'll drop it off in the bin and, so that it goes it goes to good use. Yeah, so please, if you're listening and you live nearby, bring us those extra bags that are piling up in your cupboard. Or trunk. Yeah. <laughs> I probably have 20. Trunk. I have 20 bags in my car. At least they're all, in all your time. car. Yeah. I mean, it's so awful to go to the market and then not have it. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, it is tip time. And this could be on any of the subjects that we talked about today. What is a favorite tip that you would like to share with the Garden Nerd audience? 
farmers are never have enough change. That's just a rule of thumb, even if they are super organized and get it ahead of time. So please bring all of your ones and fives uh, and tens to the market because they could really use them and it's it's super helpful. That's a great tip. And you know, I noticed that our um, we have an ATM machine here at the market. Does it dispense in small bills? Or no, no, that would be nice. We have requested that, but it's got 20s like everybody Like everyone else. else. All right. Yeah. So if you have 20s, go to the vendors where you need to buy a lot of stuff first and break it into smaller bills and then go to the places where you're just buying, you know, a, a cantaloupe or something where it's a lot less and you can use your small bills there. Yeah. Awesome. The other thing, and this is one that I really am trying to encourage now, is if you're coming here and you're having prepared food, Bring your own little canister. Yes. So that you can take it home and rewash it. And I'm working with these food vendors now to fill those canisters up so they don't have to use single-use to-go containers anymore. That's Even if they're so cardboard, good. it's just better to cut down on the waste. We, you know, just have a waste problem in general. And the other thing is if you have your own straw and your own utensils, bring those too. That's a great idea. Thank you so much for sharing that. We've switched to paper straws recently just because we don't want any more plastic straws. Last year we branded our own and kind of forced some of the food vendors to use them, and now they've taken to it like everything. So, yeah, we're really working on that. We have a ways to go, but it's just... At doing an event like this, you see how much could be actually eliminated with all this uh, extra paper, plastic, yeah. what have you. And the food vendors, the prepared food vendors here are so good. A lot of people just come here for breakfast or brunch on Sunday morning, so it would make sense if, if everybody brought their own container and the health department doesn't have issue with that? No, because it's their own. They're handing it, they're consuming it, and Got they're it. taking it away. Because okay. so, yeah. I know I bring my own container for some of the some of the foods that come in plastic containers, and I transfer them into my own leak-proof container to take home, and then give the plastic back to the vendor to reuse, um, but apparently the health department isn't always happy about that. Yeah, that's they have their rules about it. I'm Hopefully they're going to come around with the pressure, but, yeah, you know, there are vendors, and, and seek the vendors out who are really walking the talk. Like, one of our vendors here has mason jars, well, not just one, right. several, but they can, she can take those back and right. wash them, and... So that's just a nice thing. And even if you forget to bring it back, you have some cool mason jars at home to use for various things. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all of those great tips, Diana. And thanks for being a guest on the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week yeah. podcast. Thanks for having me. So it was fun. How can people find you or the market? Um, well, on our the market website, marvistafarmersmarket.org, and my email address is on there. As, you know, for how to get right. in touch. Great. Awesome. Yeah. All right, garden nerds, you'll find a link to the Mar Vista Farmer's Market as well as all the social media handles for that and some of Diana's favorite farmers as well on gardennerd.com this week. We'll also put a link for the Water Woes 20-minute documentary on there as well, so check that out. That's it for this week. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. Visit us for tons of gardening information on gardennerd.com. You'll find us on Instagram and Twitter under gardennerd1, on Facebook as gardennerd.com, and of course, our Garden Nerd YouTube channel. Happy gardening!